selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. This is Blue Moon. It's the original fan-made Manchester City podcast. Coming up, we've got news and views from Cities Week. It's your club and this is your show. So after dropping points against Crystal Palace, there was the real danger that Manchester City could have gone into the game at Goodison Park 12 points off the top of the table. As it turns out, they've come away from Everton 5 points off leaders Liverpool and with a game in hand. Given the run of results before the Club World Cup, you have to say things could have been a lot worse. Better yet, City returned from Saudi Arabia as champions of the world and then they put in a performance at Everton that could go down as a turning point. We'll find out whether it was a turning point over the next few weeks and months, but if it is, then it's come at exactly the right time. Stage one of finding outcomes on Saturday when Sheffield United come to the Etihad. We'll preview that game a bit later on in today's Blue Moon podcast. And it's also our final show of 2023, so it's time to take a look at the alternative highlights of the year. That's coming up too. All that on its way. I'm David Mooney, and today I am joined by City fan Chris Higginbottom. Season's greetings. Season's greetings indeed. Let's not go down that route for anyone who listened to last week's. Uh, And from statcity.co.uk, Adam Carter. Hello. Hello. Um, it's Christmas, obviously. So uh, before we get into the actual topics of the uh, of the podcast, um, Higgy, any any city related tat in your Christmas stocking this year? I wouldn't call it tat. I would call <laughs> it a, a resplendent uh, t shirt with Burt House written on it. Nice, oh, nice, nice. I like that. Uh, I'd have any nice. for you. Did you know the card game Double? No. What, what well, is Double? It's where you have to match icons on a card to to another card on the board, but it's only city icons. So in our house, only I will know which the which the icons are. So it's winning every time for me. So I'm so happy it, with that. So it's snap, but with pictures. Just say, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah, but there's like ten different icons on one card, and there's only one matching another card. But it's, there's loads of mathematical formulas where it all links in. But yeah, yeah, I'm the only one who knows how to play it. Therefore, I'm the only one who can win it. But it'll be fun. Trust you to have a maths-based card game. <laughs> that sounds like such fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, the other, the other one I was going to ask, but I'll, I'll still ask it, maybe. Uh, any city-related New Year's resolutions? Um, oh, I don't know. Is that a thing? Maybe I don't know it if it's be. a thing. Maybe it should be, I don't know. I have, I, I, it's fine if you haven't got any. Adam, have you got any? 
I'm just going to stop writing them off every time we can see the goal because that's very often. But also, we've now got history to back us up. So that's my New Year's resolution to stop crying as soon as we can see the goal. Well, speaking of which. Oh, segue. Yeah, yeah, segue in. What I mean there. Speaking of which, let's talk about the Everton game. Uh, See what I did there? Very, very smooth, (laughs) wasn't it? Very nice. Very smooth. Yeah, it's the season for festive football and the best way to watch it down at your local Green King Sports pub, of course. After all, Christmas is a time to catch up with friends, old and new, to get the team to your local for refreshing pints, delicious food and live action of every Christmas cracker. Every fixture from TNT, Sky and Amazon is live at Green King Sport. That means wall-to-wall action on the huge HD screens. Head to your local Green King and watch every winning goal, top bins, volley and dodgy VAR decision in an atmosphere worth sharing. Download the Green King King Sports app and you'll receive 10% off drinks every single time there's sports on the TV too. Um, so yeah, Everton is uh, a good way to uh, kind of end the week, I guess, Adam. Uh, but it's a week where that saw City become champions of the world as well, so we shouldn't overlook that. Mm. Um, it's been quite a happy Christmas overall, hasn't it? Yeah, considering the form we were going into that tournament in, um, I think it's it's kind of a bit of a turnaround and a bit more like the city of old. Uh, if you go back to last year or so, in the in the way we've controlled games, uh, which obviously has been lacking before that. So, yeah, uh, a nice uh, present under the tree from Pep and the boys to bring that title home. Not the most important title externally, but I think internally it just gives you so much gravitas and so much belief that you can now call yourself the best in the world. And I think that will now springboard us. So I'm happy with that, yeah. Yeah, it's almost odd, isn't it, Higgy? Because uh, like a lot of people would say, yeah, but we know City are the best team in the world before this. And now it's actually been officially rubber-stamped. <laughs> Everyone from the outside is going, ah, it's a Mickey Mouse Cup, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's always the way, isn't it? I mean, we've been saying we're the best team in the land and all the world for quite some time. So to have a big badge to prove it, uh, slapped <laughs> on our chest is, uh, yeah, it's quite quite something. I think it could be a little bit bigger and a bit golder, that badge. But it's not quite obtrusive enough, is it? Yeah, actually, actually that's a thought. Yeah, it needs to dominate the kit more, doesn't it, if you, when, you, when you think about it, yeah. Just spray the uh, spray the players gold like uh, Like post boxes. Victim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, we we went totally different ways. I I went for we gold did, medal. Yeah. yeah, I went for gold yeah. gold medal winners at the Olympics. You went for yeah. uh, Bond girls. That very nice, very nice segue though. <laughs> there you go. Um, don't know what to say about that really, yeah. but yeah, that that sounds. Cr- Cr- Christmas is a time for all Bond films. It's fine. Yeah, I've not seen any. Maybe they've been consigned to the uh, the woke. Yeah, maybe bit. they've been cancelled. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what's your, um, what's your old? I mean, we're, we're, I, I, we should be doing the football, but I'm more interested. I'm in desperately this. trying to talk about football. Yeah, I, I know what's banging on about everything. <laughs> but what, what, what's your what's your old Bond film of choice out of interest? Is it Goldfinger? Um, Thunderball. Oh, that's the most boring, mate. I'm sorry. I fell Is asleep it? in. Yeah, I fell asleep in Thunderball. No, I quite liked it. I just yeah. uh, so I think it's where Connor is at his most suave. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, let's talk about oh, the football. Well, yeah, yeah. have to agree. What's your favourite post box? <laughs> um, gold ones. I can't think of any gold ones um, off the top of my head, but the one I use the most is at the end of my road, so I'd have to say that one. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Has yours got a little woolly hat on it at the moment? Oh, it has, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a knitted snowman. We don't know who's put it there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. who does it? Is it Mystery. WI or something? There's loads of these knitted little nativity scenes. and Yeah. You know, I mean, do they, do they even get cold? 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so before we actually talk about the football, Adam, any favourite old Bond films or post boxes? Over to you. Uh, I love the um, famous Manchester Arndale post box that stood the uh, test of time and has survived everything that's thrown at it. So uh, that's got to be my favourite pillar box. Solid choice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And Bond film. Bond fan. Uh, Golden Eye, just because of the N sixty four game, really. Uh, so yeah. bit of a cop out that, but. Yeah, I still see that as a modern film. Came out in the nineties. It's not. It's not. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Showing your age. Yeah. Right. Anyway, um, football. (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about that. Um, Higgy, they could have been twelve points off the top um, ahead of the Everton game. After the Everton game, it's five points off the top with a game in hand. Uh, I can't believe it. I know you can only look at that as as an absolute result, can't you? Well, the way we've been playing Mm. and the results we've been getting, and the blooded noses or the We've got one nose. Um, the amount of times our nose has been bloodied over the last, well, this season, it's just absolutely remarkable that we're within touching mm. distance if we win the game in hand, obviously. Because mm. if we do win the game in hand, two points is, is nothing, as we know. Uh, and yeah, the Saudi, the Saudi experience could have gone two ways. Could have been a nice break in the sun and a bit of a regroup you know, um, cementing the bonds and having a nice time of it, playing games against not, you know, not horrendously competitive teams like Everton and come out of it, come out of it with a trophy and then you come back refreshed and revitalised. Or it could have been, you know, it could have been a bit of a, a damp squib. We don't win it. We pick up some horrendous injuries. And luckily, very luckily, in Rodri's case, it's all worked out absolutely optimally, hasn't it? I can't believe that he came out of that tackle um, and was jumping up and down with the trophy. I was like thinking, why is he jumping up and down? Why is he jumping up and down? I suppose there's no lateral movement. Maybe he's, you know, he's, he's all right. He's, I, I just, I couldn't believe he played and was absolutely fine against Everton because he didn't train, did he? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, my heart was in my mouth at that point. But it looks like it's done them the power of good, first half perhaps notwithstanding. Although yeah. they didn't play badly, did they? It's just these daft errors. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I mean, that, that that's it, isn't it? And Adam, you look at, at the performance at Everton. Um, I mean, my my gut instinct was like at half time they'd done very little wrong. They'd made I was, I was going to say one mistake, but it was it was one big mistake <laughs> and a series of mistakes contained within that one big mistake, wasn't it? Uh, but they yeah. made one mistake and they went one nil down. And you just kind of like like what can we do? That like yeah, they're, they're playing perfectly fine, but then this happens. Yeah, it was a, almost a case of here we go again. Uh, like Higgy said there, you come back refreshed, you've got good results in uh, Saudi Arabia, you've kept two clean sheets. Yes, the opposition was subpar, but you can only beat what sh- what's put in front of you as the cliche goes. So then I thought, right, turning point, tricky game at Everton, but we should have enough. And then we concede that goal. And it, 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 my first thought was, here we go again. And I was really <clears throat> bizarrely gutted more so than was probably justifiable when that goal went in. I just thought, <clears throat> after well, the Palace uh, game... Can I tell you, the, the exact phrase that I put in a, a WhatsApp group of City fans that I'm in is, mm. what's <clears throat> the fucking point? <laughs> exactly <laughs> that. Because, because like, you play really well and then that happens. Yep. You play badly yep. and then that happens. What's the point yep. in playing? Like, exactly. That's just going to happen. Exactly. So before, just after the Palace game, I went on a seven-thread 
rant about how we were always up in games and then falling behind and throwing it away, playing well and then not getting the result we deserved. And it just looked like it was going to be a carbon copy of that again. And I was just like, to quote you, what's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so w- what minute did we concede in? 20-odd, right? Yeah. And my reaction to conceding a 20-odd minute goal was unjustifiable when I look at it in the cold light of day today. And as I've matured, I've got a bit better at and it coincides with City being amazing that me dealing with results because they're so few and far between when they go negative results I've kind of got a bit better at dealing with it and then last night all of a sudden I was throwing my toys out of the pram like a little kid and I thought this is weird like the reaction and obviously now I see it in the cold light of day it was just one error but it was the series of error poor ball out to Bernardo on the wing then Rodri thinking that he had 10,000 hours on the ball in his own box going back to his own goal and then decided just to fall over and then invited them in for the tapping it was just a car crash but a comedy of errors and it just kind of all imploded at once but when I look at it today cold light of day one error other than that perfect yeah I was going to say other than all of that going on Higgy I mean City fought back they got they got themselves in front and it felt like for the first time in forever the end of the game was just a formality they weren't hanging on they weren't doing the, that thing where you're like oh god they're going to concede any second here it was just oh the three went up let's just see it out now yeah, the main worry at that point was um, being subjected to the ritual brutality that Everton yeah, seemed to get away with. It <laughs> was, was for a while, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, there were, there were times where, I forget who the, uh, one of their forward, uh, I can't remember his name, but there was an occasion where their, their forward fouled two of our guys in quick succession and got a free kick. So how how's that happened? And then Grealish got booked after being continually yeah. targeted, and he got booked for well, he, he, got, he, he, he got, got kicked he, and fell over into someone and made and a clean tackle took, while falling over. I don't yeah yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. oh no, you headbutted him in the thigh. No, I've been tripped up, mate. <laughs> and he got booked for that. Yeah, very strange. I mean, for the for the goal that we conceded, I must admit, I just took that as a a death knell, and I was resigned to the yeah. to the loss to be honest, but there's a bit of debate in one of the WhatsApp groups I was in about that pass to um, Bernardo. Bernardo. I mean, in a way, we do we do like to fire the ball about in confined spaces, and it's coming in from at least like 10 yards. But he did ping it a bit, didn't he? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great pass out to him, but I think what makes it look worse as well is Bernardo slips. So yeah. when, all of that, when all of that is combined, I mean, it looks like it's knocked him over, but he, he just... Well, that's <laughs> it. it like yeah. it. How's your touch? <laughs> Blam! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's weird because I've, I've basically spent the, the up until that point I was, um, you know, I don't like being negative. I, know, <laughs> but, uh, I was comfortably slagging off uh, Akanji and Nunes, and then our best player does that. Uh, Rodri caught in about mm. seven mines, and then just great three ball. Elegant, yes, error. yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, what a what way to fight back. It really did feel, as you uh, alluded to earlier, like like a turning point uh, season-wise. And you could see what it meant to them. I know there was a lot of, um, there will have been a lot of celebrating with the fans to soak up a bit of the aftermath of the, the Saudi tournament because a lot of the fans won't have had a chance to see them. But they spent a long time over there with those away fans after after that 
And, uh, yeah, it, it was, wasn't it was great to see. It meant a lot to them. Yeah, it wasn't even at full time either. They spent a lot of time celebrating the equaliser, the goal yeah. that put them two one up, the three, the goal for three one. Like all the celebrations, you could tell. Like they they know they know amongst themselves that yeah. things haven't been going well, and like yeah. they, mm. they, they they've been doing the right things, and just things haven't been working out. So when it did work out, you could see they wanted to celebrate it, and that was I thought that was uh, that was really good. Those little side uh, away ends, though, they do seem to lend themselves to. More a good celebration, yeah. Yeah, like Everton Palace. Is it Palace? Palace, yeah. Bournemouth as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like they just seem to be more accessible. Yeah, Um, and you just want to, as a player, they seem to just want to throw themselves in there more. It's just always good to see. Yeah, more of that. Um, (laughs) As as Higgy says, Adam, we we don't know if it's a turning point yet. We'll we will find out um, over the the coming weeks and and months. Um, I thought it was interesting that after the game, Foden said uh, basically that Guardiola told him at half time just to push through it because like what else can you do? You just got to keep playing well. Yeah, it, it was a statement that last night we just needed, like we've we've alluded to on this podcast today. We're saying like we were all we were doing the right things, but then not getting the result for it. And I think. The last night felt like the first time we did the right things and got the correct result. Even the commentators were saying you can't argue with the result in terms of possession, style of play, the way both teams have approached the game. We did deserve the win, and I think it's a massive statement. I'd, there was Bernardo was taking a corner in the first half, and the ball just blew out of the quadrant. And I was like, "Oh, it's going to be one of those games." At Goodison Park, the wind's up. There's a storm brewing. You know, everything's stacked against you, and then you you pull out one of the best performances of the season, certainly one of the most controlled towards the end of the game that you alluded to there. So I think it was a big statement and we just kept going, kept plugging away. And I know the professional athletes, but when there's wind and, and other external elements against you as well, it doesn't matter how many charges or how much you get paid. <laughs> the, the charges don't <laughs> care how windy it is. So unless it's the length of the grass, of course. Um, but um, Wind seems to be on theirs as well. I don't know if you noticed that as well, annoying. <laughs> Yeah, that when when they turn around after half time, yeah, the wind turned around as well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. We're going in clop territory there to yeah, the bit. wind, but I'm just I'm just setting the picture of you know what the conditions were. Everton obviously uh, their backs are up with the whole uh, corrupt Premier League campaign that they've got going on, so it was a bit of a cauldron atmosphere, and uh, we stood up one one nil down, turned it around, and then won out comfortably. So I think that can symbolise a semblance of a turnaround. Yeah. I don't know how many games we need to win to be able to call it a turnaround, but it's certainly the start of one. Must yeah. be. Do you know? Do you know how bad the storm was yesterday? I drove home through it um, from uh, my partner's parents, which is uh, in Wallasey, so Merseyside. Um, and uh, driving back down the M53, uh, we were crawling at about 30 miles an hour because nobody could see anything. Uh, and wow. then when we got home, I had to sellotape the letterbox down because it just wouldn't shut up banging in the wind. There we go. That's how bad the storm got. <laughs> I think uh, that feature on the, is it the Beaufort scale? Letterbox. Letterbox, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just, I mean, Adam, the the other thing you you said there about um, uh, what the celebrations mean and how the the players have reacted to it, it did feel uh, kind of, it feels like a now or never performance. And what I mean by that is, um, like the other teams this season, while City have been away at the Club World Cup and the situation that they got themselves in ahead of it, the other teams have not punished them. Basically, they're, they're they're within touching distance of the top, and so if you are if you're not going to punish them in this stage for City now, they come back from it and they and they get, and they have to go. You know, if we're not going to get it done now, then we're never going to get it done this season. Yeah, there's definitely an air of that, and. Uh, at one nil down last night, that was kind of it's now it's do or die now, and I think they 
Oh, they chose two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are. They were. Yeah, dying, but then they chose two, and that's always a good choice, I find. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, do over dying every yeah. time. It I think I'd rather do world. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. It's a good. It's, it's the better of the Sorry, two what options. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's do or die, mate. What what are you going for? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, good. then I'll do it. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> God, if I have to. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're almost forced into it, really. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, Higgy, let's talk about Phil Foden um, because oh. uh, he put in uh, quite an impressive di- display against Everton. Um, it, it was a wonderful hit for the goal. Uh, he hit the post late on. He's creating chances of plenty. Um, it's it's the sort of performance that I, it shows a maturity that maybe hasn't been there uh, in the last few weeks. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a real kind of steely determination to to his performance, as well as the obvious flair and flamboyance that he brings with just the nature of his of his play. Um, he was everywhere, wasn't he? And they couldn't get near him really. And uh, that, that that shot at the post, I saw the post match interview and. He himself said that. He was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I hit him <laughs> so well. Uh, but, yeah, even without that going in, what it was just a magnificent performance, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the way he celebrated the goal as well, it wasn't like nothing over the top. It was just like, yes, that is what I'm capable of doing. Let's just crack on. Uh, and I think, you know, people can argue this way and that way about whether he should be played more centrally, but him playing like that, that's that's the only argument um, you need, really. It's yeah. it's not going to be a always going to be a, an easy process or a smooth transition, or you know you can't just put him in there and expect him to it to be brilliant every week. He gave the ball away against Palace, and you think, oh, that's why you can't play in centrally because he made an error and a goal came from it. We seem to be getting weird goals against us, and to hold stuff like that against Phil and deny him his natural. Uh, what would seem to be his natural role would be would be folly, I think, and he really cemented um, that kind of argument yeah. last night in in terms of where he should be and how he where he performs best. It's funny you mentioned. I mean, you talked about the celebrations, Higgy. Uh, did you see Guardiola afterwards? Basically, go up to the fans with Foden Doing and just like just just he, yeah, he did. He just like yeah. kept pointing at him and, and was like, like you guys need to appreciate what this guy's been doing. It was like a very strange um, ventriloquist act. We just had hold of him. Yeah, no hands uh, inside the dummy, but still somehow yeah. the dummy was talking. That's a horror movie, isn't it? Well, I mean, he was he was absolutely insane last night, Pep. He, he, he just this thing anywhere. He'll go up to someone and he'll say something and they're like, they look almost slightly nervous because it's like, oh, he's on one again, we've won. Yeah. And then he says something to them and it's like he waits for them to react and when, they, and when they're just about to say something he grabs them in a headlock and gives yeah. them whiplash and then donkey rubs and then like throws them towards the fans and it's just, yeah. just yeah, absolutely mental but I, I love him yeah yeah Adam for, for you when you watch a, a Foden performance like that um, obviously like Higgy referenced the Palace thing and you know I, I've been critical of Foden not being not having the the defensive work in, in the centre Um he did again against Everton. He gave the ball away a few times in those in those areas. But at the same time, you look at what the rest of his performance brings. It really yeah. is a balancing act about what you want, isn't it? Yeah, and I think when Stones went off, I was looking around the pitch for leaders and someone to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And I feel when things haven't been going our way recently, we've not had someone to grab the game and literally say, right, I'm dictating this. I'm deciding the way this game's going to go. And for Phil to be that person last night, because I think he was quite quiet in the first half. 
Um, but that might just be comparing him to his second half performance, which was out of this world. He had that little um, foot effort, didn't he, where he nipped in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then... I, I, so I, I said, oh, absent in the first half, but ran the show in the second, and some people disagreed with that online, which is absolutely fine. Um, but I think I was just comparing it to the second half performance, and just to see someone grab the name by the grab the game by the scruff of the neck, to be that young, to be homegrown, to be one of one of our own, to be as geeky and cliche as you can with that saying. I just think it was perfect that it was him, and I feel like it was an easy jibe to throw out after the Palace game saying, oh, that's why you're not playing central. I was guilty of it myself in the throes of uh, the annoyance of the full-time whistle. Uh, and then he goes and proves that actually I know nothing and he knows but be- he knows best. And if he wants to dictate the game, he's going to do it. And long may that continue because I think he's the right man in De Bruyne's absence to do that kind of role in the middle rather than we've tried and persevered with Alvarez. That's just not his role. And I'd like to see Foden doing that now until uh, De Bruyne's up and running. And then let's just have two of them and go all out attack. Yeah. Um, let's clean up another few bits from the Everton game. Um, I, I, I'm surprised that it's had as much traction as it has this, Higgy, but uh, I don't see how there can be any controversy over the penalty because, um, I mean, he saved it, didn't he? <laughs> it was the best save from a, from an well, Anana this season. I mean, I don't. You can. Oh, nice. Very uh, good. You've been waiting for that one, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote that last night, and I've not yeah. thought. I've not stopped thinking about it since. <laughs> I mean, the thing. What's up for debate there for me is the rule, rather than whether it was a penalty or not. In, under the current laws, that's a penalty. Like debate till the cows come home whether that should be a penalty. Under the, you know whether the laws should dictate that that's a penalty. The way the game is at the moment, that's a penalty. I mean, I suppose you, Michael Owen was saying about it's not even that far out from his body. It's like it's, a, it's above his head. I, it's, I I think you know. <laughs> oh, Michael! Sorry, controversial. Michael Owen said something. Daft. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> that's a man who doesn't like movies. So uh, I mean, yeah. what, how do you value his opinion? Like, like it's, it, it doesn't it doesn't hold any sort of uh, credence. Who... If you say I don't like movies, I don't I still get it. Um, he thinks throwing an apple into a bin is an act of yes. daring that yeah. showcases his uh, striker's instinct. Yeah, it's I. It, I mean, it's a man who's clearly never seen a Bond film, so he wouldn't have uh, enjoyed mm. the start of the podcast. So he's not still listening to this, but um, but. <laughs> Like in terms of of what actually is handball there though, Higgy, I actually disagree with you. I think I, I think that's always been a penalty. Um, possibly, yeah. I mean, the the point I was trying to make is that it it's not very controversial. Yeah, um, ultimately, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, maybe I suppose yes, you could say he's not able to get his arm out of the way under old or or new rulings, um, but. You know, just when you're trying to block the ball, don't have your arm in the air. Yeah, it's it, it's always been the case for me. Um, Adam, uh, afterwards, Sean Dyche was, uh, I, I mean, his line was that it's not, de- it, it, how could that possibly be deliberate? Um, and I think there's, I, I think we as football fans and football people in general have um, started to misuse the word deliberate in this in this situation, where um, like you are deliberately putting your arm in a place where it could get hit by the ball. That is the deliberateness yeah. of the yeah. action. It's avoidable, it's, isn't it? It's yeah, avoidable. It's, it's, yeah, it's avoidable. It's avoidable. It's not this. Uh, well, he's, people use deliberate as, as in, oh well, he's seen the ball and he's wanted to hit it with his hand. That's like 
no handball is that situation. Deliberate for me is is putting your hand in a position where it could cause a problem for you. Yeah, exactly. I agree. The The controversy is the rule, not the application of the rule last night. And it's not all of a sudden become the... It wasn't like that's the new handball rule yesterday. Like, I don't understand the controversy of it, maybe because we were the beneficiaries of it. Uh, but I'd like to think if it was the other end, I could see why it was given, even though I don't like the rule. Uh, there's been plenty of those this season as well, but I don't. It, it dictated too much of the airtime last night and didn't cover the other things about how City to to tweak things to change the game and things like that, which was annoying. I think it was very. It was just simple punditry thereafter because they had a semi-controversial point that they just wanted to latch onto to create some kind of dramatic narrative and i'm just like mm. i'd rather they were talking about letterboxes and postboxes to be honest yeah yeah what's the difference between a letterbox and a postbox are they just the same thing no. the letterbox is on your door oh yeah of course yeah yeah of course sorry that was a yeah. stupid question for you need to really? untape yours now anyway because uh you won't be getting any mail uh no the post i like the postman do that it's fine uh, um Postman won't do that. He'll think he doesn't want any mail. <laughs> <laughs> Not my job, mate. Maybe I don't want any mail. Maybe I've had enough yeah. mail. I'll uh, just scatter some rubber bands outside your house <laughs> and expect you to pick them up. <laughs> Why do they do that? Um... Not his, his job. Uh, yeah, not his yeah. job. Um, it's, it's, it's literally his job that <laughs> caused him to be there. AG1 is empowering people to take ownership of their health. Designed by scientists, it's a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high-quality ingredients. AG1 is a powerfully simple supplement with vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced nutrients, and more in a single scoop that takes seconds to mix each morning. It helps you support your brain, heart, energy, and immune health. While we all have a degree of individuality, science tells us that the human body is interconnected, which is why AG1 contains over 70 ingredients to support your baseline nutrition. Drinking AG1 is the best way to feel reassured that you're supporting your body with a broad range of nutrients that it needs. It can help with your stress and mood balance. That's down to its powerful plant extracts, adaptogenic herbs, and antioxidants to help you support your metabolism and promote mental clarity, alertness, and better focus. It can also help with your immune health too. AG1 is your daily dose of vitamin C, zinc, functional mushrooms, and more. You can make it an effortless daily habit. When setting intentions, consistency is the key and building healthy habits can be difficult. That's why AG1 is designed to be as quick and simple as possible. One scoop, once a day, mixed with water. It takes less than a minute and tastes great too. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash blue moon. That's drinkag1.com forward slash blue moon. Check it out. You can listen to the show ad-free by joining our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Blue Moon Podcast. Iggy, the Stones injury didn't look good. Uh, he left Goodison in a boot, a uh, protective boot. Um, <laughs> in the back of someone's car. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like reservoir dogs. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's why it didn't look good. He's now in a field. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the assistant couldn't flag because of the protocol. <laughs> he got injured. It's one of the, like, is it more than one of them things, or is it just uh, like another annoyance because it's again stones this season when you've been waiting Cristal. for him to come back. He's been he's been injured again. Cristal, there's a Mancini line on it. Was it? I don't remember. 
can't remember who he said it about. Was it um, Richards? Um, made out of crystal, made out of glass. Like, oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Um, I, I've, I watched that a few times, like the the incident, and I couldn't for the life of me work out, what one, how he'd done it. And at first I couldn't work out exactly where he'd hurt. I mean, I know he sort of went toward his ankle, but I thought maybe he's twisted his knee. Because, you know, he was going one way and he's managed to spin round in the tackle and clear the ball the other way. Great tackle. Yeah, it was. Completely unnecessary, given that the player was offside, but I mean, that's a separate argument. But like, I, I just don't know how, how that has managed to constitute a serious injury. Like, I love John Stones. He's a brilliant footballer, but he's so injured. Mm. Right? <laughs> how do we stop this? Yeah, it's just frustrating. Isn't it? I mean, then after all of that, Adam, uh, I mean, I, I was... I, I was ready to write everything off at that point. Um, uh, you know, half time, one nil down, Stones off injured. Uh, Akanji stepping into midfield. I thought I saw he came in for a lot of flack online, uh, but I thought he played really well. And I'm wondering if, I, if I'm wrong here. I thought Akanji was good. I... Higgy, do you disagree? Given the noise yeah, that H- you just made, H- H- you, prob- <laughs> you probably feel more strongly about this. So I'll let you go. Well. For, for, I will do if that's all right. I mean, every yeah. time he made a mistake, I wrote it down, and I must have he must have made about six really stupid errors. Um, not just like you know you try to make a pass and it just goes wrong and it goes to the door. just stupid stuff where you you're barging into someone knowing that it's going to be a foul. Like, and what part of you doesn't understand that if, if you carry on doing that, you're going to foul them and it's going to turn the ball over to them. It's going to be dangerous. He just keeps it just keeps making daft decisions. It's really helped us when Nunes went off. Um Nunes as well, like, oh my god, so frustrating. I can't get past this feeling that he's not of the required level and he's a bit of a coward. I just don't I just can't shake it. I watch him wanting him to dissuade me of that opinion. And he's not done it yet at all. I, I think I he think, did one I, I, good thing last night in the box and it was like, oh, well, that was quite handy. And the rest of the time, every time he gets the ball, and I know he's not, you know, you don't expect everyone to do something amazing every time they get the ball, but it's always the easy way out. It's always something, you know, not, it's like the negative, the most negative positive he can he can contribute is the option that he seems to go with. Maybe I'm being harsh on him. He's not been here long, but I just don't like him at the moment. I think uh, he just. I think he needed to hit. The, he had two shots in the box, Nunes, uh, and I think he needed to hit them both with a little bit more conviction. And I think you'd have seen a different side of him if you had. I know. I'm probably being harsh, aren't I? I'm just being. Uh, I've succumbed to this uh, modern generation trait of I want everything now. I think yeah. it's to be brilliant now, but yeah, just be a bit more brilliant soon. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Adam Akanji for you. Um, uh, I, I, like I say, I thought he did well, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be told I'm wrong. I definitely noticed the barging into people unnecessarily. He, he sees that as stopping the game, and he knows what he's doing. But I just think it's ridiculous and puts us under a bit of pressure. Um, I thought it was better in the second half than the first half, uh, but I think everyone was. So I don't know whether that was an Akanji specific. And I know Sam Lee uh, mentions it a lot on the Let Me Talk podcast around the City fans have this air of expectability that Kanji's going to be the one to make the mistake, even if he doesn't. So I think he's going to be guilty by association of being the cheapest defender, therefore the lesser defender. 
And actually, <clears throat> last night was probably one of his worst performances, but he does deserve a bit of credit for being the mainstay of the defence. But I, I know Higgs, Higgs, he's got an itinerary of uh, issues there, so I'll, well, uh, I, I'm not go- I've not got the facts and figures to back my assumption up there. But Well, are people saying that his low price tag is colouring people's opinion of his performances? Yeah, but if, if it's not obvious, if it's not a, a clear and obvious error... If it's, oh, it's so, cl- yeah, so a sin so, of crime, because, he's because, always Yeah, there. exactly that. Because the Kanji's in the lineup, therefore it's a lesser lineup because he didn't cost us £100 million, mm. is what I'm getting at mm, there. Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. I just think he should make less mistakes and people are thinking <laughs> he's making less mistakes. I know that, but I, I think there's an air of if we've got a Kanji in the lineup, we're a weaker defensive unit and there's not actually that many stats to back that up. But last night, with your eyes, you can see that the first half form from him wasn't great. But I think he, he, when he goes into that midfield pocket, he's doing a better job than people think. Possibly. I, mean, certainly... I, don't have, I don't have an agenda against him personally. I, don't, I can't speak for everyone else who's slagging mm. him off. But um, when he first came to the club, I thought he was slow on the turn. I thought he was, um, you know, lacked incisiveness. And he absolutely... You know, I was more than happy to admit that he completely turned my um, opinion around. He didn't put a foot wrong for the rest of the season after maybe a, an inauspicious start. And I was happily wrong and, you know, happy to extol his virtues as a, a, a fine player. And then, I don't know, this season he's just looked a bit crap for me. Mm. Well, if you're but still listening, Manuel, I, I, I thought your performance was good. Um <laughs> This, we're all allowed to, you know, you're all allowed to not play brilliantly all the time. It's yeah, like, yeah, that is that is true. That is true. Um, a lot. This is our final show of 2023, so it's time to look back over the alternative highlights. Kieran Murray curated a lot of this list, uh, but sadly he was ill on the day that it came to recording it. So Don Farrell stepped in to join me and KC to talk through the lot, starting with Grealish at the treble celebrations. Just, uh, yeah, he's just he's just unbelievable crack, isn't he? He's just like just a top bloke. <laughs> Um, it's like uh, didn't uh, Gundogan was interviewed uh, like in the mix zone or something um, about the fact that he had to go out uh, that they were on the piss basically for two days. Obviously, he doesn't drink, um, and he just said uh, about Grealish. He just said he just carries us all on his back and away we go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's Dom, there's all sorts of uh, stuff from the parade. I mean, first off, he goes there on the tram in a high-vis jacket with nothing else on. Then there's the, like the arms-out photo in the, um, on, the, on the back of the bus. Uh, there was the speech he gave where he said, there's only one person in this team I absolutely adore and he looks homeless, and that's Bernardo Silva. It's just like thing after thing. Yeah, I mean, so like um, it was quite good actually being at the parade because I, I like saw the start of that like in the mix zone in Istanbul. Um, when, because sometimes after teams like win trophies, they all try and like pile out together to avoid doing interviews. Um, I mean, not that many City players did interviews like that because they were all off on the way out. But there was a few some milling round, and you heard like this, um, like this like tune started banging, and it was everywhere by Fleetwood Mac naturally. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's they're all coming through singing, but it was just Grealish with um, I think it was the Kitman Brandon, you know, sort of ghetto blaster on his shoulder, like banging that out. Editing himself so he didn't sing the drugs bit of the song, but like just piling through there, like like sort of like the Larry Pied Piper. And this is like about you know two hours after foot, two or three hours full time. <laughs> so he can't, he can't have been drunk at that point. But it was, it felt like he's going to go very big here, isn't he? And yeah, the um, <laughs> the absolute garbled nonsense when he got on the stage and like um, I think it's Natalie Pike's trying to get the microphone off him, and he's like, no, no. 
the turkey needs feeding. I noticed <laughs> on that Bernardo clip, the pigeon needed feeding at that point. So he was like working his way through livestock or something. And they've all had too much vodka. Um, yeah, he's a. Uh, I, I do think this this section of your podcast every year is basically just becoming the, the Jack Grealish bit. Um, yeah, he's he's good fun, isn't he? He is. Uh, I mean, the 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 best of it is though, uh, Casey. Is it's not even um, Grealish. I, I think the the best of the treble celebration isn't even Grealish's thing. Um, it's it's he's the victim of this. Where uh, they got Ruben Diaz to do shots for the first time ever, and he took two shots and was sick in Grealish's mum's handbag. Yeah, uh, uh, talk about settling into English culture, just uh, absolutely spot on, really, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, got, yeah, he's he's super and proper, isn't he? He has to be getting on it, really, like like the rest of them. So yeah, I can imagine. Like so, when that, when that story came out, it was a bit, it was, it was a major shock because he'd be the last person you'd expect to be like that, really, wouldn't he? Yeah, had to go and buy uh, Grealish's mum a new handbag. Uh, have you have you ever been sick somewhere that's embarrassing, Casey? You must have been, surely. Uh, yeah, where 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 should I start, really? Um, <laughs> Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, lo- lo- loads and loads of different places. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dom, the 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 handbag story obviously comes off the back of um, the 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 dressing room thing of uh, watch me Gucci bag as well uh, from Grish. I think was that FA Cup final. He was probably still annoyed about the handball. To be fair, <laughs> I mean, yeah, not surprised. But it's but it, like of all the fashion things, it has to be Grealish. Have you seen his? Uh, did you see his dinner table uh, for the for Christmas this year? I haven't. The only one of him I saw was like a a fairly normal picture of him and his and his other half uh, doing Merry Christmas. So I've I've not seen um, the the fixtures and fittings that. Shay Jack, as it were. Now he looks like yeah, he's he's living in like a, a a furniture magazine. It's just like it's it's the most upmarket thing you could possibly imagine. What what, what kind of furniture magazine are we talking? Are we talking like IKEA? No, Argos, no, 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 what, no. What, we're, what, we're talking we're talking high end. Like I, I I mean, what was it? Oak Furniture Land is that high end? I don't know. It, it can't be high end because we've got some oak furniture stuff in our house. All right, fine. That. Um, is, gonna... is, is this carrying on his Home Alone thing that he's now like got the McAllister's house? I know he did like the Home Alone two <laughs> tour in New York. He's like, maybe maybe that's what he's going for. Maybe because like, that's high end, isn't it? Because like Kevin's daddy must must be an arms dealer, mustn't he? Or something? Because he where where does all that money come from? Yeah, anyway. I, I don't know. Yeah, um, it's 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 a disgrace that house. Like <laughs> I I I thought all Americans lived in those houses when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. Um, I wanna I wanna finish with, of course, I wanna finish with because um, why wouldn't I? Uh, the images from the treble celebrations. Um, just I mean I mean purely I'm not I'm not gonna lie, KC. It's just thirst. Diaz, Grealish, and Harlan shirtless in the rain. Oh yeah, I I, I can't blame you. To be fair, you know they did they, they, uh, they, they, they turned me nearly. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, um, I was so annoyed. You know, I went because we we went to the parade, um, and uh, like I'd been working, and I rushed over to get there. Uh, it was absolutely lashing it down, and I stood. You know the bit of the Arndale where um, the uh, outside boots, basically where the yeah. um, where you can stand under cover, and it was the corner of the bus tour, and I was like, I'll just stand there and, and kind of watch the buses from here and stay dry, and everyone else was just enjoying getting piss wet through um and if i'd have just run around the corner and got piss wet through i'd have watched uh diaz lift the trophy up um like do that like do the um 
you know the thing where they where they kind of lift it and lift it and lift it and the crowd cheers yeah yeah the way right, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have got him i've got i've got to enjoy him doing that like just like barely wearing anything trophy ab- above his head hanging off the back of the bus and it might have killed me it might genuinely have killed me i, I feel like you were slipping into a bit of uh, fan fiction there for a second <laughs> i nearly did <laughs> Have you seen that that, that um, woman who, who I, I've not seen it for a while who writes like De Bruyne and Grealish fan fiction on Twitter? I um I got a reply off her once when I'd done like a written a Jack Grealish piece. Um, it was like <laughs> it was a sort of pretty left field um, interaction. But now with Diaz, he um wasn't he was topless, but he was wearing all three of his medals, wasn't he? Which yeah. does as much as the vomiting Jack Grealish's mum's handbag is very out of character. Wearing all three of his, wearing nothing but his three medals on his torso seems like incredibly on brand. Ruben Diaz. What wasn't that? What wasn't the one last year when he uh, when he had his um his underpants uh, modelling gig and <laughs> Grealish replied to his Instagram with "fuck off, Ruben." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the three medals is is pretty fuck off. Ruben. I have, I have, have, having said that though, I don't think anyone will top da- David Silver in his underpants from a few years ago. I that mean, was ridiculous. Yeah. Good Quite. heavens, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, while we're being weird, let's turn our attentions to uh, some things that when, when are we done. ever not being weird? Well, true, yeah. But uh, let's turn our attentions to some things that the manager's done uh, in the last few months. Um, uh, and Dom, let's start at Turf Moor on the opening day of the season. Um, because uh, th- that whole that whole business of just telling Harland off on the pitch at half time got a lot of attention, and I-, I was like, "Have you not been paying attention to Guardiola? This is what he does every single game." Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people, including some mates of mine and some guys I used to work with, are pretty big on it's so performative, it's ridiculous. He needs to turn it in, and and I do get that, but I think the more and more you watch him, it is like he's just a bit mad. I mean, there was the famous one at Bayern he did with like Joshua Kimmich where he had like a big team talk with him on the pitch. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> he, he's a strange fella, isn't he? When you're at the... It does seem more like a compulsion than than him performing, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, there's, the, the performative stuff, Casey, I guess would be uh, telling the fan to come on and do the job when he wouldn't make... Yeah, yeah, that's Newcastle. a bit of crack, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like, obviously he, he plays up to it in press conferences and stuff like that. But, like, say, for example, like, was it... If, what, who was the Southampton player? Was it... That, Nathan that Redmond. Ran? Yeah, Nathan Redmond. Like, that's not performative. That's just absolutely... He's crackers. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's a bit of column A, bit of column B. Yeah, um, you, we talked about you being sick before, KC. Have you had a parking ticket when you've uh, when you fancy telling the traffic warden off? No, because I barely ever drive, do I? <laughs> um, no, it, no, but yeah, I've got far more sick, like luminous sick stories than uh, <laughs> than parking issues. Right. So, what, what did you feel about uh, Guardiola getting a parking ticket, getting angry about it, and then telling the tra- then when the traffic warden asked for a selfie, saying, "No, you've got to pay if you want a picture." <laughs> it, like fair, fair play to him. Like it's, it's quick thinking, isn't it? But um, but yeah, pa- pa- like if 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 you're absolutely wanted, you can park wherever you want, can't you? Because it's like you know, park, parking fines is nothing to. Uh, you know, multi-millionaires, isn't it? So yeah, it's it's that, the it's the multi-millionaire version of pay and display, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. My initial reaction, and this is like this is a right like miserable thing to think. I was just like, uh, we should have the you know the model that they have in Finland, where it, it, the fine is based on a percentage of your wages, uh, right, like a percentage of your earnings rather than like a set flat fee. So that's that's how boring I am. Yeah, was it was it Balotelli Dom that was just leaving cars all over Manchester because he could afford to? <laughs> 
It wasn't all over Manchester, was it? It, it was. Th- this is the funny thing about the Balotelli one. Wasn't it like the same spot on King Street outside San Carlos? <laughs> it could have been. Because it, 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 it was like sort of Christmas every day for traffic ones, and it's all Balotelli. Cause it's where he used to go and eat all the time. And it'd just been his car on a double yellow. So it was like, it was effectively his parking space. But yeah, like you say, it's multi-millionaire paying display. But yeah, he, he like racked up dozens and dozens of them, didn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, sticking with sticking with Guardiola, um, Dom, you've been in a fair few press conferences, uh, well, throughout the year anyway, but just, uh, in the start of this season. There's there's a list I've got of things he's done in press conferences um, that I just want to rattle through. So um, taking back the idea that Mateus Nunes is the best in the world, um, he said, uh, good food needs time to cook. Put it in the microwave. It's not the same. That was about fixture congestion. Uh, he called Huang the Korean guy, and then Huang went and scored the winner for for Wolves. Um, Fred Caldera asking him about uh, who should win the Ballon d'Or, Messi or Haaland, and then uh, him him laughing and saying, ha, 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 you're so funny. There's that, it just like week after week at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Pep and Fred have got like a, a nice little catalogue of these these daft things. Like, like when Fred first grew his moustache, I don't know if this was during COVID when we were doing them on Zoom. Uh, Pep said his moustache, Fred's moustache looks sexy. <laughs> and there was also, I, I think you probably would have heard this as well, like when Fred had gone on to watch Fluminense win the uh, the Libertadores, um, he came back into the city press and he'd lost his voice. He'd, he'd sort of been out on the Raz. And. Um, yeah, Pep was pretty amused by that as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I do think in general with Guardiola presses this year, like going back to because Happy Flowers was January, wasn't it? Yeah, and then there was the 115 charges, and I was at the one where he went is um, when he's name checking Paul Dickoff and Julius Caesar and all sorts going on <laughs> that day. Um, I, I think it's been his best press conference. He's, he's pretty much been on one all year. I was been racking my brains after the the Huang one, the Korean guy. I can't remember who this was now, but I'm convinced a couple of weeks later he was rattling off some plays from an opposition team, and he got to a guy with a fairly complicated name, and he the pronounce he was all over the place with who this guy was, but he he just stuck with it and basically thought I'm not going to say like the Spanish guy or the Italian guy, <laughs> I'm just going to say some gibberish for this person's name and style it out. It reminded me of that um, that brilliant clip of Eden Hazard when he's playing for Chelsea, and he refers to Shrewsbury as strawberry. He knows he's doing he's halfway through his answer and he's thinking, I can't remember what they're called, but they sound a bit like strawberry. And he goes, And yes, we have the game against strawberry, yes. And he's like the yes the interview as if to go, Don't pull me up on this, mate. I know they're not called strawberry, but I don't know what they're called. Yeah. Um KC sticking with the on the pitch stuff, did you see his reaction to um Edison's Cruyff turn against Red Star? Yeah, he's just <laughs> What, 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 like, I, like I was watching that and I was just thinking, but it, at that point in time as well, just enjoy it. Like we were, like we were already easily through. Do you know what I mean? It's like, do you remember when Edison did that, uh, the one on the line against? Was it Liverpool a couple of years ago? And the only person who was calm in the whole stadium was Edison. Like everyone else was having an absolute shit fit. Yeah. Speaking of Edison staying calm, though, Casey, um, he did nearly kill uh, Sergio Gomez at the trophy parade. Well, I, I, I missed that. What happened? He set off a confetti cannon over his shoulder. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Did you see uh, that, uh, I did. It was actually, I thought it was an improvement that he sort of nearly killed a you know a member of the dressing room and staff because a couple of years ago one, on one of the parades, I think it was, it might have been the year before this one. Again, what parade, what cup final? Um, <laughs> but going down Dean's Gate, he was... Um, 
he had like a bottle of champagne and there was a lad sat on some traffic lights and Ed- Edison just nearly cleaned the fella off the top of the traffic <laughs> lights. So um, that probably would have been worse than killing Sergio saw- Gomez if you it to a member of the what? public. I saw an interview uh, with Jack Grealish recently, and he just said he's just constantly mental. He said, like, apparently, like when they walk through anywhere with a doorway, he just kicks his foot up so that he kicks like the the the, <laughs> the lintel. He's like, "What are you doing, you know?" It's the it's the lintel, the bit above the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like what he's doing. What he's doing. Does it not like support the weight of the wall above the door? Is he is he trying to bring the building down? No, I I, I have no idea. Like, yeah, it's, it was just a short clip of Greeley saying that that he does that all the time. He just boots the like the door frame basically, like the top of it as he's walking past. <laughs> like, uh, but like, how how would he uh, flexible? Is flexible? It? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could I dream of, of 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 doing anything like that? I could I could barely get out of bed in the morning without my back getting oh, stiff. God. Goodness me. Oh, tell um, me about it. Let's uh final one on Pep Dom. Um when uh, the goal that Grealish scored at Luton, uh, after City had had that string of draws and they were they were desperate for for some sort of victory, uh, they they score they, they they take the lead at Luton, um, and the Luton fans are up in arms because they want a handball. And and um, Grealish asks Alvarez in the celebrations, did it did it hit his hand? But Guardiola knew all along because he was pointing to his chin at the Luton fans. Yeah, like this time of year, can you imagine Guardiola doing charades? It'd be so intense, wouldn't it? Like. <laughs> Like you start because the thing is, it does look like he's and and this is this is great for audio. Obviously, it looks like the, the way he like hits his chin. It looks like the thing people used to do at school, you know, where you put like your tongue in your bottom lip and go. Ugh. It looked like he was <laughs> doing absolute bench at first. Well, you see, the thing is, he'd already been wound up by that awful decision for the Bernardo foul throw before that, hadn't he? Yeah. So he was already yeah. like highly strung. So he's always explaining the rules to everyone at every point <laughs> in an animated manner. Yeah, yeah. Um, the laws, Dom. The laws, not the rules. Of course, yeah, yeah. I, I've got in trouble with that talking about cricket this year as well, with laws and rules and the spirit <laughs> of the game. Get out. Yeah, a um, couple of Grealish ones on the pitch uh, from recently, Dom. Um, the the Club World Cup. I don't know how much of the Club World Cup you covered in the end, um, but uh, there was the in the first game. Oh, no, sorry, I think these both from from the Fluminense game um, when the referee was demanding that the ball was in the qu- corner quadrant, um, and he took he bent down to touch it twice to to kind of pretend that he put it back in, um, and then the referee asked him again for a third time, and um, he said, "It's already in there, you fucking idiot." But the- the, the the thing about that was he said it so clear. Like I watched that game in the pub, and he said that so clearly. You know, you know, like sometimes you can't hear commentary in a pub, <laughs> like you know, where there's the load going on. You could hear that clear as day. Yeah, yeah, because the commentator then goes, "Well, apologies if you heard any bad language there." <laughs> yeah, good one of them. <sighs> and then the other one, Don, was that he was Olay in the, or he denies Olay in the Fluminense players causing that ruck at the end. Yeah, I, I like him den- denying that he said Olay specifically, but not denying that. He's, so he was probably going way or something. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, all, all good behaviour in there because the last twenty minutes of that did get very couple Libertadores, didn't it? Like there was the tackle on Rodri, um, and there was a few tasty challenges went in, but obviously, uh, Grealish was very much in his sweet spot there. He's sort of it's Stefan it's Stefan Savage sort of <laughs> heat of just rustling everyone. So yeah, um, lovely stuff. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of, of rustling everyone, um, you've got to. You sometimes have to kind of get the team round and get them um, get them kind of all on the all on the same page. Uh, John Stone's making election posters and, he, and he's bid for captain KC. But I think the, the the best bit of this is that he then didn't get nominated as captain. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, but that's that's what I mean when he didn't get nominated. As, but surely he knew he wasn't going to be picked if he's taking the piss in that way or was he being serious that's what that's the bit of that that i didn't get yeah i'm assuming he must have been taking the piss i don't know man of the people dom you're man of the people for john stones uh, yeah i'm all for it I, I just hope that um ruben diaz never wins the election because he's he strikes me as the kind of guy that would win a democratic election and then do away with elections. <laughs> yeah, he's, a di- yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's definitely he's definite, definitely a dictator in waiting, isn't he? <laughs> Big time. Uh, um, speaking of John Stones, do you, have you seen the clip of Calvin Phillips burning him with a teaspoon on one of the away trips? Did make me wonder whether Phillips did that to Pep's head like last year. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's why we are where we are. It's just a bizarre thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, Dom, are you a proud Yorkshire teamman? Um, well, I mean, I, I have lived on the other side of the hills for many years now, and it is probably my only concession to uh, brand Yorkshire is the tea is pretty good. To be fair, all the other your all the other Yorkshire Day stuff, I mean, spare me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Bloomingdale's, Levi's, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Selling a little, or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Ad-free episodes are available on Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast. 
there's there's been plenty of odd stuff happen away from Guardiola uh, because uh, Kyle Walker says um, that Bernardo has such a good relationship with uh, with Guardiola that they get him to ask uh, Pep for days off. Um, do you you have that that sort of relationship with your bosses at work, KC? You, you you're the one that they can ask for days off. Uh, I, I actually, probably yeah, because I'm just the biggest gobshite that will just say whatever, really. <laughs> yeah, um, so the, the team comes to you and goes, "We we get us some time off." No, yeah. but. But I wouldn't. Uh, the, the, well, this this is the thing as well, like because because you've made me think now. Because I initially I initially thought when Walker said that I thought well Bernardo is like teacher's pet, but like I'm now thinking maybe he isn't. Maybe he's just king gobshite like myself and just will just say whatever. No, Bernardo's definitely teacher's pet vibes, isn't he, Dom? Yeah. Yeah, but he's um it's interesting to get into Ash a days off because he's clearly better asking for days off than he is for asking for a transfer. He's been trying to do that for about three years, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. He, he's been he's been so successful at trying to ask for a transfer, he signed a new contract. Yeah, he gets some days off though in Lou, so uh that'll be in the that'll be in the terms, will it? Extra yeah. days. Yeah. Um did you see the the Drake thing, Dom? Um uh, people thought De Bruyne had a writing credit on a Drake song, but it turned out it was just some other K De Bruyne. <laughs> So you say people thought, so I saw the K De Bruyne thing and De Bruyne's quip about it. And I just thought, because the way, basically Drake is pretty much 70% of the footballer's favourite art, artist, isn't he? And they all move in the same circles. Well, well, I just well, thought well, it was true. Drake's a, Drake, Drake's a right creepy bastard, isn't he? He creeps on them all, doesn't he? Like, he, um, like, like, he just seems like a right gimp. I mean, at least he's got some discernible talent on like that I show speed character. Um, I thought I thought you were going to say me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you say people thought until I opened your show notes for this about half an hour ago. I thought Kevin De Bruyne would go written Drake song. So yeah, call me gullible. And I'm a bit disappointed. I'm going to go and check out some Cohen De Bruyne jazz though. Yeah, done here. That's um, Wait yeah. to see the new year. Um, Casey, the uh, one of our mates, Maka, went fairly viral with um, uh, the, the phrase, it was Buzz Aldrin. Every fucker remembers it was Buzz Aldrin um, because uh, that whole uh, nobody remembers the second man on the moon stuff. Yeah, yeah. well, you, you know, like I love Maka to bits, but he loves a bit of low-hanging fruit, doesn't he, for uh, taking the piss out of people. Like, I'll, uh, I'll wind him up about that next time I'm having a pint with him. Have you seen that, um, it, that it's reared its head again after um, United came from 2-0 down to beat Villa? I saw that, yeah. What? Well, what, well what, yeah. what, they came up with, what, they started it again last night? Well, I, after the Boxing Day games, when United came back to, to beat Villa 3-2 at home, um, a lot of City fans were posting the 3-2 final day Villa with um, uh, Buzz Aldrin was the second man on the moon. Oh Jesus! State of it. <laughs> you, you, well, uh, you you spoke to someone who's been on the moon, haven't you? Uh, yes. Uh, in my yeah. other in my other job, to I tr- I was trying to get a fellow called Charlie Duke uh, onto Five Live years ago, but to tell us what it was like walking on the moon. Um, I didn't try and get him on the podcast though. I did think that would be a little bit too far. What number man on the moon was it? What number on the moon? Oh, that's a great question. Let's find out live. Uh, well, uh, every, everyone knows, obviously, like you've got. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, then you got Michael Collins, who was left on the, uh, oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, pretty much after that, it, I think no one, no one remembers any of the rest of them, do they? So, if you know Port Vale win a treble in about you know hundred years, then no one will remember theirs. The, the the other ones people remember are the Apollo thirteen lads, and they never landed. Yeah, that's, that's true. You've, I mean, you, you've got to. I mean, what what you're saying is that if people want to remember Port Vale's treble, they've all got to die. <laughs> Didn't die. Did they make it back? Did they? Did they make it back? 
Yeah, they yeah, made yeah. it. But oh, you're, you're, you're thinking, you're thinking a challenger. Right? Oh, challenger! Yeah, no, challenger was the one that blew up, wasn't it? Yeah. God, this has gone dark. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Apollo thirteen was Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, and um, obviously there were real, real astronauts' names whose names I've forgotten. <laughs> yeah, who says doing podcasts isn't rocket science? <laughs> there we are. Very well done, uh, Charlie Duke. By the way, the tenth. Uh, uh, person to walk on the moon. He was the youngest person ever to do it, though. There you go. And people, so people do remember the tenth person on the moon. So I mean, the stick is rubbish on several levels, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Dom, there was. Did you see the other viral tweet that uh, somebody found uh, that uh, there was some Austrian Sunday League team that had just ripped off City's old badge? So good. They've gone the, the parrot, but with two heads. I know. Incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely love that. <laughs> like, um, yeah, because I, I know like the, the parrot has got pretty sort of you know iconic status now, particularly with like City fans of around like our vintage. Um, yeah, um, great to see it living on with yeah. with an extra head, which is odd. There's so there's, there's so many great like I, I've got like like my own personal parrot. Um, so at my sister's wedding, um, as, as a present to me, you know, for doing that speech and everything, uh, they got me a, a hip flask with the parrot on and my name on it. Excellent. Excellent. It lives on in uh, in so many ways. Let's talk uh, quickly about some celebrations because, um, uh, Dom, I'll come to you on Terry Flanagan shortly, jumping on uh, Harland at Sheffield United. But, uh, Casey, I've never felt so old as uh, seeing Doku and the Gritty, because no idea what that was. Um, there was uh, the video City put out of everybody knee-sliding at Old Trafford. So Harland did it, um, Lauren Hemp did it, Phil Foden did it, and then Bunny Shaw did it. Um, and then the fact that all of us fans uh, after last season just got everywhere by Fleetwood Mac in our Spotify wrapped. Oh, yeah. Well, who 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 didn't love Fleetwood Mac before it anyway? But like, it's just unreal how how well that that's caught on. Yeah. My my, my only point of contention though is that like you see you know the OI bit. Yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, I always I always go Sunji hi. Because like you know, it's not it's it's not as good as Higgy singing. You know, uh, he's going to go past you. He's Jeremy Doku, is it like? But you know, <laughs> no, I forgot about that. Eddie Grant, eat your heart out. Um, yeah, Dom, you, you cover boxing in your other line of work. Um, so uh, it was like your worlds colliding at Bramall Lane, wasn't it? It was. It, it was. Um, it was a Venn diagram with my head in the middle of it, like doing a city <laughs> game and and a British former world champion boxing involved. But yeah, so I, I was in the press box that day and. I just thought it was just some madhead who jumped on, which of course it was. Um, but I had no idea it was Flanagan. And then it was like one of the the fellas who works for our lot in the US who like just does boxing. He goes, hey, you're, you're at this game today. Is it this Terry Flanagan? I was like, do you know what? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Flanagan was... The funny thing about that though is, I mean, it's all relative with boxers, I guess. But Terry Flanagan was seen as like, he was quite a sort of tactically safe and, you know, maybe not the most... Not the most watchable boxer, like you're pretty, you know, safety first, get the he was job the done. Pu- he was the pugilist, pugilist, is what you're saying. Your classic awkward southpaw. Um, yeah. But so some people might say the most watchable thing he's ever done on Sky Sports was jump on early on, <laughs> which would be harsh. But um, yeah, that was a that was a funny little worlds collide thing, definitely. Yeah, let's uh, let's take in some other quick social media things um, because uh, Harlan tweeting uh, WTF after the, um, the the decision not to give an advantage against Spurs, uh, but then the reaction of of kind of like just retweeting the posts where he'd had the scream, where he had his face put in in, in place of the scream um, on the painting. Edvard, Edvard, Edvard Munches, yeah. yeah. Um, was good. Um, and then did you, did you see Foden passed his driving test? And then uh, everyone went, how's he got to this age? And um, uh, and 
not uh, not passed his driving test yet already. Twenty nine when I passed mine. Because Foden's the type of person to have like gone round the states on a quad bike or, <laughs> or a go kart. Well, yeah, but the, the the tweet by Jordan Sprague, uh, defended just coming straight to the the point to defend him, says uh, not everyone's got the money to do a couple of lessons every week and then pay for a test at the end of it, especially when he's got a young family. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like it's Phil Foden. Because <laughs> so I enjoyed that. Um, and then I, I mean, he's not here to defend himself, KC, but Kiers, uh who did a lot of work for this alternative highlights, but so isn't well today so uh, so isn't able to join us um he, he did that he did his usual tweet um of uh, like just just making some sort of joke about the lineup and then for the Aston Villa game where um Grealish and um Rodri were suspended he tweeted madness not to start Rodri tonight and it definitely seems Grealish is out of favor with Pep and it backfired because of the replies he got people people just do not get any sort of humor at all maybe <laughs> on the internet you're do, 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 does me head in and, and especially like Kieran just constantly tweets that that sort of shite do you know what I mean <laughs> you know this cube never gives us nothing about every referee um, I think when this comes out I'm going to have to tweet strange for Mooney not to have Kieran on the highlights of the year he must really be out of favour <laughs> yeah yeah do yeah, yeah yeah it would uh, but I mean only us three and Kieran would get it in the end because you know what Twitter's like uh, let's finish Dom with uh, a, a couple of bits of Burton uh, because uh, Checker Trade put an ad up Old Trafford uh, where it said leaky roof tick, uh, leaky defense cross. There's only something, some things we can fix. Yeah, good. Um, City might be in their trophy in a couple of years, depending <laughs> on the uh, the older Premier League case goes. Yeah, do yeah. They still, do, is, is the Czech trade trophy still a thing? Well, well, is, is the, the Czech trade trophy even? Yeah, is, is, that. is that what took over the auto windshields? Or is that now the Papa John's? Or is that Papa John's? Yeah, that's the Papa John's. It was the LDV vans as well for a bit, wasn't it? Right. I'm just trying to work out if, if City get chucked into there, if uh, we're going to have another Mansfield moment, that was all. Um, and uh, finally, finally, Casey, uh, United fans still, still don't get the joke about Welcome to Manchester because Jim Ratcliffe has had uh, a Welcome to Manchester poster. It's because they're just a humorless bunch of bastards, really, isn't it? <laughs> Obviously, I'm not, I'm not being fully serious, but God, some of them are such dry shites because they can't take that they're not winning anymore. Just, oh God, grow up. You're listening to the Blue Moon Podcast. You've made it this far, so don't give up now. That was a look at the 2023 alternative highlights. Uh, time now to have a look ahead to uh, the game with Sheffield United. Um, Adam, after the performance that City put in at Goodison, uh, what do you want to see now at weekend? What What is an absolute imperative for the game against Sheffield United? Yeah, well, if you could choose any fixture, Sheffield United at home would be the one. So that's going to bite me on the arse first and foremost. However, I want to see a good, solid, clean sheet, controlled performance. I want to see some tweaks just because we did look a bit... Um, we looked shot in, in shot to pieces at certain parts last night before we found our mojo and were able to go again. So I'd, I'd probably want to see maybe Rico coming in uh, just to freshen up the midfield a slight bit. I loved when Kovacic came on last night. I thought we looked a bit more, uh, 
yeah, controlled there as well. So maybe if not Lewis, Kovacic comes in alongside Rodri. Uh, we need to be able to get Rodri arrest somehow, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. 90, 90 minutes on Saturday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Expect that. So, you know, you, you, if you could hand pick an opponent to play at the weekend, given all the surrounding stories of our form going into it, what we need, we need <laughs> to win. Bottom of the table at home is what you yeah, want. Exactly, <laughs> is, what you cho- is what you choose. Uh, it's not always as easy as as it is on paper, but we don't play on paper. So that's what I'll choose. So that's the type of performance I'd want. I think there needs to be some tweaks in personnel, but I don't know if we're going to be afforded that luxury because the context in which we're playing nowadays. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, Higgy, because uh, obviously the, the turnaround is quite tight because it's it's a Wednesday to Saturday. Um, are there any changes that you'd like to see in terms of the lineup? Any Anybody who wasn't available for Everton who could come back in or or even anybody who was on the bench at Everton who you might think, actually, go and go and impose yourself on this game? Well, I thought um, the biggest improvement of last night's performance was um, Kovacic for Nunes. Mm. Um, <laughs> you may have, you may have gathered. I'm not. It picked that up already. Hundred <laughs> percent convinced. By, I, think, uh, I think you dropped a few hints in the first part of the show. Yeah. Given that it's going to be a bit more, well, it's it's going to be more of the same, isn't it? Really, it's going to be a bit of a um, up, up and atom kind of uh, blood and thunder type opposition. Sheffield and Everton, not too dissimilar in that respect in the midfield area. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, I'd like to see Kovacic in instead of Nunez. Does McAtee play? Uh, he can't play, no. Can't play, right, good. No. Um, but yeah, I, other than that, I'm happy to leave it to, to old Beanad. No point <laughs> trying to second-guess him anyway, is there really? No, those, that, I mean, that is true. One thing I found making podcasts throughout the entire Guardiola tenure is that this bit of the show is, is genuinely just guesswork. You can be as you can be as informed as you want, but still he'll, he'll play Gundogan wide left at Anfield for some reason or, you know, something like that. Um, the other one I, I did wonder about, uh, Adam, was uh, Diaz was ill uh, for the midweek. Um, with Stones out injured, should he be the one that comes back in or are we happy with uh, the way that the, the defence finished the game? Yeah, I'm hoping it's a 24-hour thing and that he's back in just for a bit of composure or a bit of... I My own but perception he has, is... he hasn't had that lately, though, has he? No, I know. But my again, this is the reputation thing in that. My, my perception is if we've got one of Stones or... Um, Good, Stones or Diaz in the middle, then I'm happy with whoever we, we flavour around that. Mm. That said, I was happy with Guardiola and Ake together last night in some quasi left-back, centre-back role uh, interchanging and things like that. So I'm happy with either one of those being the left-back and centre-back option uh, if Diaz isn't available. But just from my own pre-match perception of what a good defence looks like, it has Stones or Diaz in it. Having said that, I know Diaz hasn't been the Diaz we've needed recently either. And one clean, one clean sheet in eight or no clean sheet in eight Premier League games. We need to stop that somehow. Uh, and we need a bit of a solid defensive unit to do that, you'd imagine. Yeah. Or to stop giving the ball away in our own penalty box would help as well. I thought um, Aki and Guardiola played really well. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't disappointed um, by Diaz being out. Um, I've thought that he does need a, a rest, a bit of recuperation and reflection. Think about on the naughty step. Yeah, a bit of a naughty, <laughs> naughty step time for him. I think that could only be good. And another, on a positive note, um, since I seem to be just slagging players off, 
uh, quite a lot. <laughs> I've been slagging Walker off quite a bit this season. I thought he was absolutely exemplary last night. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's an interesting one where um, I think a, a lot of people have been unhappy with Walker's uh, performances this season, and I, I now wonder, Higgy, as it got to the point where he can play well, but still the calls for Rico Lewis to come in because of what he's done in stepping. I mean, the, the, the thing he does stepping into midfield that you're going to lose with John Stones not being there, it kind of it, it kind of leaves you in this position where you probably want him to come in and do it, but at, at the same time, after the performance at Goodison, you don't really want to drop Walker, do you? I don't want to drop Walker anyway if he's playing to his full potential because he's simply one of the best, if not the best, right back in in the world. Um, it's just a few like, I don't know, so a few like attitude tweaks that seem to have come into play this season. Once he got given the captaincy, and we've kind of buckled the um, the structure in terms of what we normally offer players, and we bent over backwards to keep him. And it might be I might be being harsh and splitting hairs, but it just seems to have made made him a little bit more um the big I am than the kind of level of selfless humility that you need to perform at best in a in a in a pep team. Mm. But he did last night he did everything pretty much perfectly. There's still a lot of uh I don't know, you need an ego as a footballer. There's still a lot of like. If anything did go wrong, he was always telling everybody near him that it was their fault. And there's a little bit. There's a little bit late on in the game where, and this is like an example, albeit like a microcosm of the whole in the kind of shift that I've seen in him, where he received the ball in the right back position, and there was a couple of what you would think more orthodox, sensible, usual, conventional passes forward to make that he could have just slotted it forward and then we build a move in the way that we normally do and he just chose to hang on to it and run across the back four like probing for a different part it's like you don't need to do that just do do what you do what you do do what you normally do don't start doing i'm carl walker i'm not even going to play that obvious pass because i'm carl walker i'm going to start slaloming around um looking for some kind of hollywood pass and i'm being that is harsh because like i say it was pretty much Perfect last night. I thought it was. I was going to say that that doesn't fit into the exemplary review you gave a few minutes ago. No, no, no. Well, I said I was being harsh, but I just—it's the most um, kind of—it's an example I can draw on to trying to highlight the Mm. the point that I'm trying to make in why I've been a little critical of him. Not that any of my opinions mean anything, but we are here to talk about football, and this is an opinion. So that's uh, deal with it, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unwrap that. <laughs> yeah, um, Adam, you mentioned before about uh, the potential to uh, of the need to rest Rodri. I guess in in certain mm. situations, um, this is definitely one of them games that City could do with getting one and getting him off the pitch, isn't it? Because there's there's no way Guardiola starts without him. That's for sure. No, yeah, that that's got to be one of the aims. I think, like I said, given the context that we find ourselves five points behind, uh, with the potential to close leaders Arsenal and Liverpool down, you can't be making the type of changes that you might be able to if you were six, seven points ahead of them. So I think it's a case of get some early goals, get him off the pitch, get him wrapped up for Cottonwall, maybe miss the Huddersfield FA Cup game yeah. and see where we are in two weeks' time in the real kind of towards the business end of uh, next the end of the season. 
Yeah, go and put your feet up, Rodri, before they fall. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, let's get some predictions on the board. We're on £550 for the charity bet so far this season. One more chance in 2023 to add to it. William Hill is giving us three £10 correct score singles on City's games. The winnings are going to the Man City Fans Food Bank Support Group. Their final collection of the year is outside the Etihad on Saturday. They'll be under the bridge by the stadium over the road from Asda between 12.30 and 2.30. Go and see them with a donation if you can. Um, and uh, yeah, it's time to uh, put our money where our mouth is. So, Adam, what are you having for uh, the Sheffield United game? I'm backing us to get that elusive clean sheet and win 2 0. 2 0 is uh, 6 to 1 and £60. If you're right, Higgy, over to you. Manchester City 3, Sheffield United 1. That is 11 to 1 and £110. If you're right, interestingly, I've gone for 2 1. Um, and that's 12 to 1 and 120 pounds. So, uh, City scoring fewer goals against Sheffield United is longer odds. Uh, make of that what you will. Uh, remember, you've got to be 18 or over to gamble. Prices can change. And for more information on gambling responsibly, take a look at begambleaware.org. To finish the show this week, I've got some quick fire questions for Higgy and Adam, all about 2023. Get your questions in on Twitter for future shows at Blue Moon Podcast. Uh, you can email us as well through the website. Just go to bluemoonpodcast.com, fill out the form there. So, uh, let's start with, uh, uh, because again, last of the last show of the year, we've done the alternative highlights, which we'll probably do the actual highlights. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Adam, favourite goal of twenty twenty three? What are you having? I'm having Bernardo's headers against Bayern or Real Madrid. You can choose which one. Just how nonchalant they were, how statement making they were. That's up there for me. Yeah. Favourite goals. Higgy, what about yourself? Um, Gundogan against Everton. Oh, that's a shout! Because the the I was I again was you don't thinking see goals like that. No, you don't. I was thinking of four goals for this. Uh, both of the Bernardo headers against Bayern or Real, um, the Gundogan goal against Everton uh, where he flicks it round the corner, but also the volley against United because it was thirteen seconds into the FA Cup final. How can you not love it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was up there to be honest. But just yeah. in terms of. Uh... Just rare and unusual technique, uh, showcasing the talent that he's got. It was just like, yeah, I couldn't couldn't look past that. There's a lot to choose from, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. and I've just remembered as well, uh, Harland scoring a was it a bicycle kick style thing at Southampton. Southampton, that was on my list as well. That was one yeah. of his uh, limb flingers. Yeah, yeah. back on bomb there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Higgy, favourite game of 2023? What uh, what would you pick? You can't really look beyond Real Madrid, can you? I mean, that home game is probably the best performance, not only of a City team that I've seen, but just of a, of a football team. It was mm. the most beautiful dismantling. It was a demolition. Yeah. Everyone was absolutely on fire. The game plan was perfect. Each individual player performance was 100. It was just amazing. Absolutely amazing and a uh, privilege to, to watch. Yeah, Adam, I get that because uh, I would go as far to say that Real Madrid is probably my favourite game of all time in terms yeah. of a performance. I think it's the best best individual team performance yeah, I've ever I seen agree. City put in. So it has to be yeah. the game of 2023, doesn't it? 100%, no arguments. Yeah, I, was, I, would, I would like to nod to the Bayern Munich game uh, just because we dismantled two European powerhouses at home and it was a real arrival moment. But yeah, that Real Madrid game was perfect. Yeah. Uh, so how about your individual player of uh, of 2023, Adam? Where uh, where would you put your money on that one? I'm going Rodri only because of, of his Champions League goal winning, but also how much we miss him when he's not there. Mm. I know the shouts for Gundogan, we miss, we evidently miss him, but we, we can literally see the stats with and without Rodri, whereas we don't have Gundogan to be able to say, oh, 
if he was playing, this would happen. Whereas we actually know what happens when Rodri doesn't play. Yeah, Higgy, I've got I've I've got Gundogan written down for me. What's yours? I've gone for Rodri as well, just because Gundogan obviously an absolute linchpin, uh, class act, and scores really important goals. But City last year was Rodri, and then the team around him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Uh, so, Higgy, your your breakout player of uh, of twenty twenty three, and again, I fear when I wrote this, there was only really one answer to it. Yes, and that answer is Rico Lewis. It is, isn't it? Yeah, for yeah. you know obvious reasons, he he broke out. Yeah, he player. did. Literally did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam, I mean, have you managed to pick anybody else? It is Lewis, isn't it? Yeah, no. I'll, let's go for Mika Hamilton for next year's breakout player, but this time we'll have it. We'll let Rico have it hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, how about your most improved player of 2023, Adam? Where where would you put your uh, your, uh, your thoughts on that one? I can't see past Nathan Ake. He's just been a really reliable, solid player to call upon. And you probably wouldn't have thought that that was the job he was brought in to do or to be used as much as he is. So for me, it's Nathan Ake for most improved. Yeah. Higgy, how about yourself? Any any shouts for a kanji? Because you did you did say earlier in the show. Well, I said a kanji early in the show. Um, not really as. I, I mean, I did say that he'd he'd improved on where I thought of him last season, but he seems to have gone gone round again. So it would be a uh, maybe not. I didn't have him written down, so no, it's not a kanji. Okay. I've actually I've got Aki or Grealish. Okay. Ake's, um, I, I, Ake would was my gut instinct. I hadn't thought about Grealish. I, I want I want to chuck a thought out for John Stones. Um, does he need to improve? Improved as a player, or just proved that he's more. Adaptable than we maybe thought. I just, I just, I just thought, yeah, I just thought with the the solution that Guardiola came up with at the end of last uh, season, yeah. using Stones in the way that he did, like it just elevated Stones' level beyond what we, what, yeah. what we knew already. And it's like, even though it's most improved, he's he's improving from a high standard anyway. But he, he I mean, the at the end of last season, he was he was top of the world, wasn't he? That's that's that, that was I that just, was my thought. That was all. I just think improved is the wrong word to describe the uh, kind of transition of John Stones because mm. it's not really an improvement in his play as kind of most transformed <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you've gone for Ake or Grealish Shiggy yeah do you want me to pick one uh, yeah Ake. go on go on Ake then Ake, Ake. boom boom Ake 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 boom there we go <laughs> uh, and uh, there's only one correct answer to this last one uh, the best city podcast of 2023 what are you going for well, I, I really miss Why Always Us, but in, the, in its absence, I'd have to go for the Blue Moon podcast. Correct, correct. You can come back. Higgy, please tell, please tell the sign. Well, it's a crowded field, isn't it? And uh, there's only one I really listen to. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's the uh, the Blue Moon podcast. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I might edit this bit out, you know, but, you know, I, I do like a little bit of self-indulgence <laughs> at Christmas. So. Deserved. Yeah. Deserved. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that brings us to a close for this week's show, though, and for 2023 on the Blue Moon Podcast. Don't forget to go back and listen to the Christmas quiz. That is available now on the usual podcast feed. Came out on Christmas Day, and no spoilers from these two because Higgy and Adam both took part. Um, it's two hours of festive fun for you. For these two, it was two hours of the lives that they're not getting back. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast this year. Thanks also to my guests for today's show, Chris Higginbottom. Thank you very much for having me. And Adam Carter. Tidings. 
we will have a special show on New Year's Day with a City Heaven, City Hell festive games edition. We'll hear from City and opposition fans about some good and bad fixtures over the Christmas period in years gone by, so stay tuned for that. All the best for 2024. We'll be back with our next regular podcast at the end of next week to review the game against Sheffield United. We'll see you then. That was the Blue Moon Podcast. Please give the show a rating and a review where you can. And don't forget, you can listen without the ads by signing up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast. And join us again next time for another episode. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.